Hello, everybody. My name is Adrian Carbello, and this is episode one of the House Rich Cash Poor podcast. In this episode, I want to start by telling you my origin story and why I started this. It was 1970-something. I'm just kidding. I won't be that kind of story. But the story does start with Louis and Blanca. My parents, they immigrated to Canada from a tiny country of Uruguay. If you never heard of it, that's okay. We get associated to Argentina because they are similar in culture, but have more than 15 times the people. They're 45 million to our 3 million, but we have just as many World Cup wins. Interesting. Anyways, I grew up with the classic children of immigrant parents problems because the language barriers, cultural differences, even the family customs. As an example, we would have to kiss everybody on the cheek when we met them, even if I didn't know them. I remember my parents being, just go over there to that random person and give them a kiss. That was so strange, and all these things stood out and made everything seem backwards. When all the kids are having PB&J on white bread with a juice box, I'm eating beef empanadas with a thermos of herbal tea. We called it mate. To give you some context, I was born in Toronto, but raised in a Spanish-speaking home. So my developmental years have me thinking in Spanish, though in school I learned to do math and English and talk to my family, I would revert to Spanglish. A combination of both... Also fluent in both, but Spanglish still takes over. It was hard to appreciate a lifestyle that was so different from what we saw every day. Friends at school, cartoons, sports, even shopping for food. I mean, we would drive a half an hour past 25 supermarkets just to go to this back alley meat shop at Jane and Wilson to get some imported style foods. Culture was hard to maintain and even harder to accept as children. But now as an adult, I appreciate even more. Culture means family, and this means that ridiculous support of family and how everybody is family. I'm talking even about the old neighbor's son is considered a cousin. Specifically to me, culture brings with it the expectation that they have of their children, which meant me. There was this instilled responsibility of us to represent the family. If we did something wrong as children, it was seen as parents must suck. This was everything. If you did good, your parents were, must have been great. It always felt so backwards. Has anybody ever felt this way? I can imagine how hard it was for you as well. So because of this, I followed in my parents' footsteps. First was go to school, then get a job, find a good wife, and lots of kids. Big a home, and then always help your family. My dad worked as a car manufacturer, and my mother owned a restaurant. Growing up, my parents knew the value of home ownership even the help a rental suite in the basement could provide. And they had figured out how to make their home pay them. But as the years passed, I moved on and I started my own journey. Going to start my own family, I was going to build my own life. I was in the race. You know what I mean? I was, I was, I was, I was in it. And from a young age, I was fascinated with taking raw materials and creating something unique. So I went to school to learn architecture and construction. And now it was time for me to find a good job. But by this time... I had scratched the entrepreneurial itch, and I opened and then closed my first restaurant, allowing me to return to my passion of building homes. With my focus now on my then-girlfriend and future plans for kids, I mean, I had plans. Big plans, big ideas, and that consumed all of my time. But for me, it started with the feeling of being disconnected, specifically when I was with my family. Parents, sister, aunts, uncles, cousins. We would let time pass without connecting. I mean, days turned into weeks, into months, and then holidays were the only time we would see each other. It was like when you notice that new pain you feel when you stretch a certain way. Subtle, but the next day, it's still there. 
a pain you just don't give it much attention unless it gets serious, and then you're hoping that it's not too late. Have you guys ever felt something like that before? Because by now it has turned into resentment, and I started to see it every time I spent time with them. It was like a, a heavy humidity. It made me uncomfortable. My radar was on. My ears are perked up. My eyes slightly squinting, anticipating something to be said. Looking back, I wasn't able to get a read on what was going on, but I knew if I did nothing, if I didn't give it attention, it would only get worse. And I find out though, I found out, and in the weirdest way, it was the day me and my fiance broke the news to my parents. I mean, I was so excited. When I told my parents I had found my partner and that we were going to live a great life, and I had all these big ideas and dreams, and that was it. She comes close to me, my mom, and she gets in close, closer than I was used to, actually. And she squeezes my arms and whispers, I'm so happy for you, and I know we don't have much to help with the wedding, but let me know what we can do. At that moment, it's like a smack like uh, of life upside my head. I felt instantly matured. You are now real adult. I will share adult problems with you. And what did I hear? I heard that my parents are not okay. Has anybody felt anything like this? Because to me, it was the craziest feeling ever. My first instinct was to reassure her. Oh, of course, Ma, don't worry about it. But my second thought was, how is that possible? I announced I'm getting married to my mother and she has to declare their financial struggles? As I digested this, I began to think, how much did I really know? Don't they have a decent job? Like, I know they move, but they must be still in their house. I'm pretty sure they were collecting rent from the basement suite. But maybe I was wrong. Have I been that disconnected? Did I leave them behind? And then there it was coming at me, like a 50-foot wave about to crash on top of me. You ignored your family. You left them behind. Didn't you see the signs they needed help? You are a bad son. What? Not me. No way, and this will change, and it has to change. Slowly I started to investigate, and by now wedding has passed and we were expecting with a baby boy. I looked back and could see what happened. Between cost of living increases, affordability decreases, changes of income, I found out that my parents were no longer landlords, that they had to sell the big house for something smaller, my family home sold to the highest bidder, my father had lost his big paying job and went to learn how to drive a bus. My mother had to close the restaurant and go find work in retail. After that, it didn't take long to burn through the savings and their home was getting harder and harder to maintain. Before I even realized they needed help, they were no longer homeowners. By now, they were tenants. And as flashes of more time passed, the conditions they could afford declined to a fraction of the old rental units they used to rent in their own homes. I felt horrible. I felt like I let them down. They had come to a country with no language, no experience, no friends or family to give me a chance at a better life. I let them fall into this level of borderline living. I felt sick like I had been kicked in the gut. I was confused and lost. And it got bad. I mean, I started to get upset with everything and blame this and blame that. This is unfair. And there it was. I had just lost control. The weight of life was real. And I mean, no joke real. So what do I do next? 
I felt I owed my parents an apology, so I needed to let them know how sorry I was and I should have helped them more and that it wasn't their fault. I was going to bring this up at the baby shower they were hosting for us, hoping the party for their first grandchild would enough would be enough of a spirit lifter that I could get away without too much drama. Still, recognizing being selfish about the whole thing. So there I go. I pull my dad aside and I look at him and paused. But I need to tell you something. And I was about to start my apology. My dad looks at me and says, Adrian, you'll be a father soon. Everything you think you know will change. Believe me. You are ready. I am so proud of you, and I love you. <laughs> I mean, if he knew what a mic drop was, he would have done it right there. My mind was blown. Here I am thinking I let him down, and instead of all he could see was that it was all worth it. I mean, all of it. The sacrifice, the language, the country, the family, the friends. All the pain was worth it. And this was my aha moment. I will do that. I will be like my father to my children. Because for me, growing up, my greatest memories were never based on how much money we had, but how little we thought of money. They did that. They created a world where me and my sister didn't see money. They had set themselves up before I was able to help. But now, it's my job to get them back to that. And if I will do anything, I will be the example to my children the same way my parents were to me. I mean, I'm talking about before I can remember we had people living with us, other families that I had to consider family, and I've overlooked all the knowledge and experience I already had to make the change. This is where I realized I have control. I will change and lean on the lessons of my life. I wasn't raised to blame people. I wasn't raised to complain. I'm in a position of advantage. I have a home, and it's time to make it work for my family. By this time, I'm unsure where to begin, though. There was so much information, and most of the finance and real estate stuff out there seemed out of touch with the problems I was facing. I needed to slow down and see where I was right now and compare it to where my parents were. I could see me and my wife earned, spent, and saved. When compared it to my parents, there it was. Their ability to earn was the biggest difference. We spent more because we could, we could earn more. We just felt like we could spend and have not to worry about the problems. We saved nothing because we were young, but for them it was harder. I realized the gap and how they were living was out of proportion. They spent too much and saved nothing. Raise your hand if you spend too much. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I started reading anything I could about saving money and budgeting. I needed to teach my parents to create a defense. Save and you can make it. Good theory, but this became very frustrating and confusing. The goal was to enjoy life, not to survive it. Who wants to survive life? Right. Now, who wants to live life? Exactly. A quick quote from my mother was, uh, If I am not free to do what I want, then it is not freedom. It is just dumb. <laughs> so I had to change the game plan, and we went on offense. Not saving what you make, but increasing what you make and spend the same. Supplement your income. Remember, it's not like my parents were trying to live, live like rock stars. They were just short every month. Their gap was $9,000. And this is a year. That means $750 a month. Think about it. If this was an hourly wage, it represented $5 an hour. I would need to plan my offense to be equal to a $5 an hour raise. And when I started to think this way, 
I started to look at what they had available and figure out what I could do. So if I could generate an additional $750 a month, the thought of savings would be gone. This was what my childhood was like. There were no thoughts of savings. It was not required because we had offense. We had income. The greatest memories with my family were not when we had money, but when we were not worried about it. Remembering this is spring 2008. My wife is pregnant with Daniel. I'm running hard with this massive job site and the real estate bubble is at its peak. Everything feels like it's going so fast. We kept rolling through, motivated by dreams and hopes of how rental income could impact our future. What could go wrong? A few months later, I remember walking past a newspaper box and on the front page is one of those cartoons with a roadrunner holding a picket sign. Look down and the coyote thinking, help. I could almost hear that beep beep. This is September 2008. The subprime financial crisis explodes. All residential builders stop. All construction comes to an immediate halt. I get laid off just as my wife is taking early maternity leave for the health concerns with the baby. My parents are a few years shy of 60 and are looking down the barrel of another career change. But what if we had rental income? December 30th, 2008, I become a dad to a beautiful, healthy baby boy. I was so energized, I could still hear my dad's voice. Everything you think you know will change. This was a dream come true, but I didn't like the idea of starting 2009 in the hospital. So I looked at Tina and said, let's go home. Remember, this was our first child. My, my wife is an absolute superhero. Within less than 48 hours after Daniel was born, together we start to pressure the nurses to let us out of that hospital so that we could go home. We hadn't slept in three days, but we were not starting our new family and our new year in that hospital. It's funny, I have the video as we walk into our home at 11.48 p.m. on New Year's Eve with baby in hand, just in time to watch the ball drop on City TV. It felt great, forever unforgettable. You have to imagine, I'm vibrating with energy. I couldn't wait anymore. I needed to do something. I felt like I was in the back seat picked up at a carpool rideshare, watching out the window, no driving, or even seeing where we were going. Just waiting. And this was my next aha moment. With all this time to think, my mind would drift into a whole world of what-ifs. What if this happened? Or what if that happened? And I started to find weird calmness come over me. And there it was. What I had realized is that having the rental income had eased the financial pressure of the global financial crisis. <laughs> what bigger what-if scenario could I possibly imagine? Exactly, none. And with that, it turned into a calling. What if I had done for my family was just the beginning? What if I helped more people get rental income? And this started me on the journey that evolved into something I never expected. The word responsible is a big one, but if you break it down into three simple words, it means able to respond. In this time of financial insecurity, people needed to change from defense only to defense balanced with offense and I was able to respond. I would be responsible to help this change. I could see that people had worked hard to establish home ownership and now more than ever needed to be challenged by trying to hold on and they needed to present an offense. Not a reverse mortgage or a downsize, but by adding a second suite. This is a real option. They just needed some support and direction to do it correctly. By now, years have passed and I've helped enough families build financial awareness, planning suites to permit, construction, and even help them launch and manage their own suites. But this was still just a hobby. 
and I was still working full-time and only helping people that were referred to me. I wasn't chasing anybody. Life's great, though. My wife is pregnant with our third child, and the financial crisis is far behind us. We were just moved into a larger home with a second suite plans with space to accommodate the five of us. My parents are filing their pension paperwork, and it seems to be on a, we seem to be on a pretty good run. Unfortunately, we're about to face the darkest time of my family's history. Um, so we talked about my son. We then had Ava in 2012, and now a third. This made my hair instantly gray. Another girl, born February 11th, 2015. Her name was Olivia. From there, things got crazy. For the next three months, we had a major ice dam that turned into a massive insurance claim at our house, and we were displaced on March. Yes, Olivia was one month old by the time, and we were shacked up in a two-bedroom bungalow that the insurance company provided. My dad turned 65 in April that year, and he was officially retired. In May, we started repairs, which were going to take months to finish. And then it was Saturday, June 20th, 2015. The day before Father's Day, me and my wife, Tina, dropped the trio off at the in-laws and we escaped for a well-deserved afternoon date. With fresh grande lattes in hand, we are shopping for my Father's Day present, a new hot tub. We go from here to there, just hanging out, and then we finally picked one. We stop by the house to see the progress of the repairs. As I'm standing in the kitchen, my cell phone rings. Hello, Adrian. This is the Ontario Provincial Police. There's been an accident and your father did not survive. We're sorry for your loss. We are with your mother at their house. And that was the last thing I heard. I fell to the ground. I lost my ability to respond. I lost my vision and my wife picked me up and we rushed to be by my mom's side. This took years for me to adjust to, accept, sort through and even be able to function. I was 36 years old and felt lost all over again. I had to remember the lessons I had been taught as they were no longer available. Everything you think you know will change, is what kept running through my head. By the summer of 2017, two years after I look back, there were so many changes and the process of moving forward was never more true. And during this time, I kept feeling something I couldn't explain. The ability to have a second suite to provide supplemental income was a burning message I could not shake. This, could, this income could allow for so many things to happen that may not have been available, would not even have been possible. Unknown at the time, but the final years of my father's life were greatly improved based on being able to be on offense and not on defense. My mother has since continued life in support and confidence, and the silver lining has, was my most powerful aha moment. What if we had never done anything? What if we decided to do things differently? I can't even think of what if, but what if I can help one family improve their lives this way? What if a little bit of offense can change a family? What if? Thank you. If you got this far in my story, I feel like you connected to my why of the, for this podcast and how through this platform, I can share my journey of the steps we took and systems we learned so we can present it in a way that works for people like my parents and myself. I will share the lessons to help you make your homework for you and show how to get on offense. And hopefully you can open your door to the sweet life. Thank you again. My name is Adrian Caraballo, and this is the House Rich Cash Poor Podcast.